Alright, welcome everybody to episode number 5 of Voices from the Planet. I am your host, Eric, and I have my producer slash co-host with me, Nicole. Say hi. Hi. And we are doing, recording the intro for the latest episode with, you want to say who? Kendra and Mike Love. Yeah. This one was super exciting, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, super cool. So I had been going back and forth with texting with Kendra to try and do one do a podcast episode with her just about various topics I don't know we didn't really have anything we were set on um but I've been super lackadaisical trying to actually do it I would just text her every once in a while and be like hey I still want to do it with you I haven't forgotten about you yeah yeah let's set up a time and then I kind of would just forget about it and you know real life happens but so it had been like a month since I had talked to her and she messaged me or no she had posted something on Instagram and it was kind of about like the topic was about spiritual awakenings and awakening signs and so I had commented on her post that that would be the perfect podcast topic to do Yeah, I think it had the... It was like a video, maybe. Yeah. With, like, the incense. And, yeah. Yeah. But, um... So I had messaged her. I thought it would be a good one. And then she had messaged me back saying if Friday was okay. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, I think it is. I think we're free on Friday. <laughs> so I texted my wife to make sure we were free. And she said, yeah, Friday sounds good. So I texted her back and told her Friday... After work, we can come by and do the recording. And then she had, I guess, let the cat out of the bag that Nicole had been emailing her on the side trying to arrange it for me because Nicole knew that I was slacking and I wasn't doing anything <laughs> about it. Um, so do you want to talk about that real quick and tell the people what you did? I emailed her and said, let's do this thing. Okay. So we had a little surprise. So I was kind of under the impression that it was just going to be us and her doing the podcast that we had planned. But we had that extra surprise, and that was that Mike Love was going to be there. Her husband, Mike Love, is a. I mean, I don't even know the words to describe him. He's, he's a. I don't know. I can't read. There's so many positive words to describe him. Healer through music. A healer through music. Just an all-around humble guy just a beautiful human being him and Kendra both so that was really exciting we're both really big fans of his music and just the messages and the music it's had a impact on our life I think to you know but so yeah it was pretty crazy that was exciting to hear that he was gonna be there and that we'd actually get to meet him but so we went over after Friday on Friday after work and went to their house, <laughs> which is crazy too to be invited there. Um, she had asked if they would 
we want them to come to our house, but we live pretty far out of the way, so I figured, nah, we'd come there since we'd be coming from town, and it's closer for us to get there. But it was really exciting to meet them and talk to them. Yeah, do you want to say anything about how you felt about it? I, I was very nervous and um, didn't want to look like a bumbling idiot because I was so nervous and excited and such a fan and I've grown to be a fan of Kendra the more that we followed her on social media. Um, but it's just people that we really looked up to and so I didn't want to seem weird so I think I ended up being like too quiet and timid trying not to act weird and then probably ended up looking like a weirdo because <laughs> I just sat there while my glove was playing with Legos in front of me and <laughs> kind of like starstruck for a minute when we got there I mean me yeah. too I was really nervous at first I mean and I think you'll hear that in the beginning of the episode but towards the end it felt really relaxed and comfortable right? I was telling um, one of my hula sisters that because they know they know what they are to us and they were just so excited and <clears throat> so I said it's just so weird because it's so crazy to think that like we were invited to their house and we hung out with them one Friday after work and um, their family and, and that's just a crazy thought to comprehend but then like after it happened it like they're normal people so it like doesn't feel like it was anything huge it felt like we were hanging out at our, our friend's house right. you know but it's still crazy to think that <laughs> we went there yeah. it's like I'm having a conflict in my body about it in my brain <laughs> but <laughs> but it's really um, I'm I'm really blessed that this was able to happen for you and and you're able to share this with the world and see a different side of my glove probably that a lot of people don't get to see or hear about and um, excited to get Kendra more recognition for the amazing things she does and she's just a really beautiful person and you know, she talks about her, like, insecurities and, and crazy stuff she's been through. And and she's just like you and me and everyone else. And, but the way she came out of it and the things she does now, and it just kind of is really moving and inspirational. And, and my love is, of course, inspirational. I feel like they're both on this, like, path. I mean, a, th a thing they talked about in the episode was ascension and, you know, evolving to become a higher self, I think. And it's obvious that they're, they live that yeah. every day. And I kind of want to talk about just how they were with the kids. Because in the episode you'll hear, we were in their house and just <clears throat> hanging out in their living room. We had our, our son and their son was there. And they were playing, so you'll hear that in the background. But just to see the way they interact with their son, 
I mean, it's inspirational. And then to see the way they interact with our son, who they don't know. Yeah. And I kind of want to, I'll tell this one part, because this is an audio podcast. There's no videos to go along with this. But there was one part, and we had talked about it. And it was just, it was amazing to me. And it it, it warmed it warmed my heart. It was crazy. But there was one point where we were talking, and they have a pet bird. And she was singing or whistling. And our son, he. oh, he, that's right. It's actually, he, for, the story is they have a bird who for a long time they thought was a girl. So they just, you know, would call her pretty girl, pretty girl. But they found out later it was a boy. But I think it just stuck that they call her pretty girl. <laughs> but anyway, tangent. But, um, so our son saw the bird or heard the bird. And he was kind of just like standing there with his jaw open amazed at this bird and he climbed up on their couch where Mike was sitting to see get a closer look at this bird and while we were having our conversation he just hung out with Mike Love on the couch and Mike Love had his arm around our son and just it was I don't know it was just I don't know it put a smile on my face to see that they're so good with all kids it's just a testament to you know their love that they want to show and give to the world I think it's crazy too because it's like Mike in a sense because Kendra we've never met or seen. Well, we saw her at a show once, but just walking by, right? Um, but like Mike, we go to his shows. Erickson has been to two of his shows. Yeah, <laughs> And like we just. We're in the point of view that we're in the audience watching this amazing musician. Honestly, he is one of the most like I can't I can't name you a more talented person off the top of my head right now. Just just amazing. So we're always from that perspective, right? Watching this incredible magic happen on the stage or in a park or wherever he's playing and from afar and then there we are sitting on his couch talking story with him and he's holding our son and it's just it's a trip it's just unreal but but it again it's like you said like why would we have thought they were going to be any different right like they don't I mean what they what they appear to be is exactly who they are and it's just purely loving and humble and spiritual and enriching. And it's just oh, this beautiful moment I'll never forget. And I'll be so happy to share that with my son when he's old enough to hear. To understand. And understand. Yeah. Who Uncle Mike is. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he'll know Uncle Mike yeah. more personally. Maybe if things continue, but it's really good people. I just want to, I guess, I mean, we'll finish it up here. This is long enough. I don't really want to make people wait too long to hear this one. I'm sure people are excited. I just want to say, like, how grateful and humbled I am and thankful that they took the time to record this with us and, and have us over and you know it's not every day that somebody of that caliber reaches out 
and says, yeah, I'll do it, you know, especially for this podcast. I mean, this is a really small podcast. We're starting everything on our own. This is our, like I said, our fifth episode. And to have Mike Love and Kendra, I mean, it's a dream come true. Like, I couldn't have asked for two more perfect guests. The things that we talked about, and you'll hear it in the episode, I mean, that's everything I'm interested in. It was, I mean, I wish we could have went longer, but it was getting late. We had the kids with us, and, you know, bedtimes are pretty important. We actually did stay a little later than I think we should have, but they were gracious, you know, enough to let us stay and finish it. And But, yeah, I just want to thank Kendra and Mike for having us and, yeah... I don't think they'll, they might not ever realize how much this means to me and you, but we just want to say thank you guys, and we love you guys, for real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Is there anything else you want to say before we get off the intro and get into the podcast? Just enjoy the show. Yeah. Alright, well, we'll see you guys after the episode we'll do a quick little outro i guess but um yeah oh actually i have an email address for the podcast if you want to email me any comments or just any feedback feel free to do so it is what is it voices Voices from from the planet planet at (laughs) gmail.com or you can always look me up on instagram voices from the planet at voices from the planet that's pretty much it right Oh yeah, we got the YouTube channel. They're all the same name and on SoundCloud. I mean, if you're listening to this, you found it some way. But yeah, thank you for taking the time to listen. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Kendra and Mike Love. Peace. And love.
personal uplift your creativity Individuality truly is a necessity In this new land we're gonna be free of all negativity Only truth, love and unity shall manifest in this reality So come and be part of my family Your positivity is our true destiny I'll be who I am and you be who you are I'm in love and reach out so humbly I'll look in you and see my true reflection So, I mean, I have some questions, but maybe we can get into them just naturally with the conversation. So, um, yeah, so I guess we can start. <laughs> so, what did, like, what were your signs, I guess, for your awakening process, I guess? Because, yeah. like, you read about um, ascension and the signs that there are, everybody has. There's like a general sort of thing that people usually have, but then there's like people have, that have other ones, extra ones. Like, so it's kind of like to me like your, what your own experience is, but you know that you're having an awakening because all these certain things start to change um, within your being, you know what I mean? Your existence of every single day. Um, and I don't really know when mine started exactly, but I just started really noticing on a daily basis, like, just things that were different, you know what I mean? Like, it was a definite shift within me, and maybe it started with veganism, I'm not really sure. Was that kind of the start of... Um, like, were you into spiritual practices and then kind of became... I was veganism, always, like, um, into spiritual things from, like, maybe in my 20s. 
like, I didn't grow up in a religious background or anything, but um, I think, like, a lot of times people are interested in those things because like, they have something where it's supposed to die or something. Mm. That's what happened to me, my um, boyfriend at the time committed um, suicide. And then I was, like, four months pregnant with his child, which is my oldest son. Wanting to know like what happened to him mm -hmm. after <laughs> I told you he's so no, it's... cool. It's Was real life. That's how it is, right? Sort of what like started my interest in like spiritual things. Um, me and my sister got a Ouija board, and we tried to um, contact him. Did it work? And it worked. It did. But we didn't contact him. We contacted somebody that said they were with him, and we were like relaying messages to us. And in the end, we realized that it was like a negative sort of an entity or spirit that was just like maybe trying to get in through one of us to, you know, yeah. say like experience. Because I've heard things like people talk about that when you're like contacting the other side, I guess, where like. When you try to open that door, it's like shining the, that light in that dark spot and anyone who notices might be attracted to it and they might hear your questions and kind of be like, okay, maybe I can answer these right, and kind of right. get in and Play do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And they were saying like, your personality kind of transfers over. So if you were kind of that conniving or trickster type person in this life, in the next one, you might be more susceptible to doing that to other, like messing with people, yeah? Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, if you were kind of like, you know, like... Like in know. my past life? No, like in, in this life, and you pass away, and you go on to the next stage, you might be more... I don't know the word is, but like, you might mess with people in this life still, just because that was your kind of thing, like, you messed with people. And, oh, right, like carrying on, like, traits from yeah. your past lifetime. Unless you learn from it. True, true. Then you sort of, um... Like something from your past life, you know, left, like, something happened to you in your past life that was bad, so then you carry on the fear into your next life to mm -hmm. try to, like, Feel that. yeah, mm -hmm. right, but that was sort of, like, what started my whole, like, spiritual, like, just, like, things, like, and then I started, my sister started doing Reiki, and so did my mom, so then I sort of had an interest in Reiki, but then I got into, um, being a born-again Christian, and so then that sort of squashed everything yeah. for many years of even having any thoughts about anything spiritual outside of uh, organized religion. And then when did the change come from, like, like strictly Christianity to the um, next thing, I guess? <laughs> well, I questioned it for a long time when I was in the marriage. I was just in a marriage, and he was born-again Christian, and, and then... Uh, coming out of the loss of somebody from suicide, I was very vulnerable, and then I went into this marriage just, you know, trying to find somebody sort of to fill, I think, that sort of void or hurt. And then, so I was very controlled by this religion, but at the same time, I didn't, nothing felt right to me about it. It was, like, the people were very loving, but everything that they said in judgment about everything, is, it didn't resonate with me. Um... And then, so I got out of that marriage, and then I met Mike, and it's funny, because somebody was saying, oh, did you put Mike on a pedestal, like, in the beginning of your relationship? And I realized that I really 
did, like, because I was, like, coming from this place that was super negative, and then I met him, and he had all these ideas about, like, the universe and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, he, like, listens to Coast to Coast and reads, like, David Icke, and... Okay, we're gonna have to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, but, um... So it was just like, whoa, like, really? There's, like, lizard people? You know, like, all these kind of, like, ideas were like, whoa, this is, this is cool. But then I, I just had so many questions, and we would, like, spend all this time talking about all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I was still, like, caught in my very, like, negative habits and my growth as a person. So you were resist resistant to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's kind of the same... For me, how it started was listening to Coast to Coast AM and hearing those and then taking that and like, okay, I'm going to look into that a little bit more and, oh, that sounds interesting and, like, David Icke and stuff like that. Yeah. It's trippy. It's trippy. Like, sometimes it's hard to believe, but it's like, oh, my God. I know. He'll always be like, oh, yeah, so on Coast to Coast tonight, they were talking about blah, 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 because I don't ever hear it, but he'll, like, be coming home from a game. Yeah, it's a, it's a late night program. <laughs> That's when I used to listen to them. The only time I, I used to work um, a graveyard shift, I would take care of this paraplegic man, and I would be waiting for my shift to start, and I would be sitting in the car listening to him. <laughs> so, did you, listen, did, you, did you used to listen to when it was Art Bell? My, I used to listen with my mom, yeah, when I was, when I was young and, and it was Art Bell and my mom was the first one who got Your mom used to listen to Coast to Coast? Oh, yeah, all the time. I can't imagine. I think my parents would trip out if I even told them what was being talked about on Coast to Coast. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's always been into, like, unexplained stuff. Yeah. It's funny, though, because she's stuff. super against David Icke. Yeah, well, people have strong opinions about David Icke. Yeah, They're, yeah. yeah. But he was the one for me that, with that one quote, um, that, you know, infinite love is the only truth, everything else is an illusion. Like, that was perfect like, for me at the time when I heard it. I was like, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you hear certain things, like, you know, you feel that it's true. You don't have to really look into it more than that. It's like, ah, oh, it makes perfect sense. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the things that he talks about, uh, you know, with, with, uh, you know, in terms of, of like, you know, reptilians, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and their agenda and, and their, you know, politicians and all their, you know, secret, you know, blood drinking ceremonies yeah. and then like raising <laughs> children to, to sacrifice. Know, sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, I think things like that, it's, it's so, it's, I mean, from, from what people believe could be possible, it's like such a, you know, it's just such a far cry from that, and I think it, for even people to fathom that something like that is, is possible is, is a hard, yeah. is a hard thing, and and though you know, though it may be completely real, you know, it's it's so hard, you know, even for someone who's open to all possibilities to wrap your head around that kind of pure malevolence being existing in the world. But, you know, you look at you look at all the systems in place and and you know, the the basis for all the systems being fear and negativity and control and and it starts to make more sense. sense yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it makes sense that of course, it would be secret because 
you know, if it was common knowledge... Then nobody would fall for it. Everybody yeah, could see then, through it. Then, then, yeah, people would be, begin to truly awaken and realize that the system needs to be dismantled. You know? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no, no. I've watched all. I've watched his lect like a lot of his lectures on YouTube. Those hour, two hour long videos, and just blew my mind. It's crazy. I was just telling Nicole and some of the Hula sisters last night about that. Wasn't it? Was that last night? When I was telling you about the blood drinking and stuff like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's exactly what we were talking about. And how, like, I was explaining to them, like, how, I guess, when they want to do that kind of, like, sacrificial stuff and drink the blood, they want to get them in that heightened state of fear right before, so they do a lot of, like, torturing and that kind of stuff right before. It's, it's trippy. And they were, and her, <laughs> were just like, oh my god, that sounds crazy. Like, how do you know all of this? And I'm like... But yeah, it's David Icke. <laughs> it's funny because when he was telling me about all this stuff in the beginning when I first met him and then I started to read a book and like how many things like aligned with like <laughs> his ideas and how like like the whole government structure and the families dating back and just like so many things just like it was just like there, you know what I mean? Like it but then at the same time it totally scared me. And so I didn't ever read another video. <laughs> <laughs> How, like, I guess they did, like, I think it was, like, a teenage girl did, like, a genealogy research of all the past presidents, and they all are related to, like, British royalty in some way or another. It's crazy. And did you see on Instagram how they had, like, the uh, meme of, like, all these different, like, the queen and, I don't know, the prime minister and, and a bunch of other, like, um people of power in England and it had like all their, just their eyes, it was like six eyes and they all look so demonic, like all the eyes, like clean, oh so creepy, so the people were like, I think it was like, like the Pope picture. was one of them, yeah, <laughs> and it's something about like it's all in the eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean, because I kind of took that same route where I dove like deep into the conspiracy aspect of it first and I guess got my good dose of fear. <laughs> and then started realizing, okay, so now what? You know what I mean? Like, where do we go from here? Okay, we're scared enough, or we know what's what the, the system is and what the what you know the problems are. But how do we fix it now? And that kind of led me to find like other people. Yeah, that were kind of looking like. like have you ever heard of Ralph Smart? Yeah. Infinite waters. Infinite waters. Yeah. Crazy because they always hear like hello. Hello there. And like Teal Swan. Yeah. So then I, I kind of came across them. I think the first video I saw was an interview with the two of them together. Oh, you got Legos. I mean, did you have that same realization? Like, okay, like, okay. Now we know. We're aware. Um, it's like. A lot of, like, my whole life has been controlled by everything based on fear, and so when I got pregnant with Adviah was, like, I think it was really, like, all these things were happening, and so I thought I was going crazy, 
I thought I was like having a mental breakdown and I thought I was being abducted by aliens. Because all these weird things were happening and it was usually when Mike was gone and it was just like me at home or sometimes the kids would be here but I'd be in my room and I, I would like be crying. I would be like having like a breakdown right? when I had to call him he'd be at his gig on his break or something. Yeah, I mean you were just like, I think like, you know, there was just like all kinds of strange phenomenon happening where, you know, you were hearing seeing things and hearing things <laughs> and just like strange unexplained things and then you were reading like, you know, about what that could mean and it just like scared you. Know? And so I thought I was being abducted, and then I thought that they were, like, going to, like, try to take the bio when he was... I was just, like, coming up with all these things, and I think, you know, like, my fear from reading those kind of things right, right. didn't help. It sounds very David Ike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the big joke was, like, Mike would, was saying that I was going to, like, have a baby that was green when it was born. <laughs> it was going to be, like, the bee baby or something. That's well, no, that didn't have anything to do with that. That was just... <laughs> We thought we saw an ultrasound. We thought he was gonna have six toes. Yeah. He had his two feet next to each other, and one foot looked like he had six. And we're like, oh. And then one of my coworkers was like, No, he's gonna be good at climbing trees. Don't worry. You're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I read that. Um, I don't know if it's you're more sensitive or whatever beings are more sensitive when you're helping. Yeah, so I had weird, weird, crazy stuff, but I just, like, felt... Like, do you think it's more, like, your intuition or that kind of, like, antenna is more turned on during that kind of a... Actually, that was a part of it, I think, because you have that, like, protection instinct in you that you didn't have. Well, you probably had before because you have other kids, but you have that instinct that turns on, so I think you're more aware. Like a heightened like awareness. And, yeah. So is any of that stuff real? <laughs> the, um, the aliens or anything? Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, didn't well, know I, still, I mean, I know they're real, yeah. but for you uh, in but that I, experience. So I was on this quest thinking that, yes, I was having, but then all these other people that I met in these abduction groups that I was like researching... We're all like getting mad because I really didn't know that I had been abducted, and they all knew they'd been abducted. So it, like I was in all these abduction groups, but then I wasn't getting any support because you had to know you were abducted. Oh. Like, they were like, you know, like get wow. out of our group, like you know, you don't belong here. So, but then um, Bio was born, and just weird things like, for instance, the whole entire group of people that we used to hang out with, we would go to like a gathering where I'd be fine and. And I was just longing for something more meaningful and depthful in conversation. So we would go to these big gatherings full of, like, all of our friends, and I would prefer to stand in the corner away from everybody and not have anything to do with them because I was just, like, I felt like they're here talking sometimes about, like, crystals or things that I felt, like, very deeply about, but I didn't feel like the intention was there behind their words. Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing that I could feel somebody was nice to my face, but 
I could feel like a different intention behind what they were saying. And then you just knew. Like, I would be like, I'm like, oh, something's, like, that guy, something's up with him. And then I'd find out later on. Oh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. And it's just things like that. Like, those are, like, little things that started happening. Geo Jude? No, Geo Jude. Regular, like, basis more and more. Kind of starting to kind of feel that way too. It's like there's not much meaningful conversations happening. Nobody's really trying to build anything. It's just like, oh, this like you know like meaty, like meaningless chatter basically. Yeah, and it's sort of like I don't want to be like the, have like a spiritual ego where you're being like oh holier like, than thou kind yeah, of thing. Like, yeah, like oh gosh, how can people live their lives like that? Just you know watching. Ever sports and going to movies, but they have no desire about what really is yeah. real. Or, and I, I found like that I've been doing that a lot lately, like being that spiritual ego, and I'm really realizing that, you know, you can kind of turn people off, I guess, in that sense, right? Yeah, you can like turn people off, and then also you can separate yourself so much from everyone that it's not bettering yourself. Mm. Like they might start avoiding you because they're afraid what you're going to talk about. Oh, here comes Kendra again with her weird idea. But it's good that you can find like-minded people within a community to share and, you know, help teach and also learn from. Yeah, I mean, and I, once I realized that I kind of not really closed the doors on those people, but just like decided I didn't really want to be a part of that community just because I just didn't feel like I resonated with anybody anymore mm -hmm. and then the doors to all these other friends opened up like literally like people started just texting me that I never had hung out with before but I had met and right. would be like oh you want to hang out you know what I mean and then I like I met this girl that I had known for years and she all of a sudden just one day like messaged me and then we went and had coffee, and then I found out that, like, she had all the same sort of ideas. She believed in life. She believed in, you know, doing meditation every day and all this stuff. So it's cool. Like, I think the universe sees, like, when you are not ready for something. Right. And when you're ready to accept it and you close the door to one thing, then that closes, opens your mind to, to these new possibilities. And I think for a lot of people, even I mean, even I think for myself too, sometimes that door is not fully closed. It's still open just in case I want to, you know, revert back and run away and go back to my old ways and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think, like Ralph Smart says, finding those kindred spirits, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, it's funny because like for a long time, when I was having all those symptoms and I was like so confused and fearful, I didn't think that there was anybody else. But I was just really closing my mind off mm -hmm. the possibility. Of course, there's a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Thinking like I'm the only one going yeah, through this. Nobody's gonna understand. Yeah, yeah, like or the only people that I can find are like on the mainland on Instagram and are experiencing mm -hmm. this, but. Really, it's just you're closing yourself off to the possibility of meeting other people. Yeah. And sometimes you do just have to put yourself out there and... That's one thing I've noticed, too, about, like, me being true to myself and not caring about what other people think. Like, if I put, oh, um, something on Instagram or Facebook and my friends from my past or my high school mm -hmm. see it, then I would always be so worried. Like, what are they going to think? Oh, wait, they think, like, I'm a witch now because, like, this? Or they think, you know, this or that? But I just realized, like, 
it's not doing me any good. It's not doing them any good. Mm -hmm. It's just like to be true to yourself. Yeah, but I mean, in a sense, you do kind of have to let those people go at a certain point because I mean, maybe they come from an angle like. Like, are you okay? Like, they're maybe they're concerned. They think you might be going crazy or they might be going, you know, in this direction. But that's good that they care about you. But if you care too much about what they think, that could hold you back from taking those steps. You know what I mean? It was actually, I think it was one of the other podcasts I listened to they were talking about. And this one guy was, they have this thing called Soul Camp. It's like, they describe it as like adults, like summer camp, but they have like yoga sessions and past life regression kind of things and like all these different teachers that come and tower readings and stuff. And this one guy kept getting the same message over and over, like with these different sessions about like, just that, you know, you're creative and you need to do something with it. He wasn't, he was just working his regular nine to five, but he was expressing that you know, his parents always worried and are, are the ones who are always like, you know, you need to have a stable job, you gotta have the money and pay da 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 and have the house and do this. And he can appreciate that they're concerned and worrying, they want him to be stable and, you know, have a life or whatever, but worrying about them worrying held him back from taking those leaps to do what he wanted to do and that kind of stuff. So I feel like that's kind of where I am now. Like, I do still worry and maybe in a little bit fear what my parents are gonna say when they hear this kind of stuff I don't think they're listening to them too much but nothing really bad has been said yet but but I always kind of have that in the back of my mind like oh what are they gonna think what are they gonna think and that I think stops me from just telling like my truth I guess you know it's trippy it's definitely a hard thing to do like to be just completely authentic to yourself and, and to yourself without worrying about what other people think about you because that's what we were brought up to be so concerned with is like not to have any real trust in ourselves and realize that all the power is within ourselves but we are so concerned about when you have a problem instead of just going within and like figuring out the problem for yourself you ask 20 different people what should I do what should I you know what I mean and you get 20 different answers yeah. and you don't know if the motivation behind their answer is to serve their own good or that kind of thing like yeah. <laughs> yeah so lately my sort of thing with all of this is um, trying to do a lot of meditation daily to stay grounded and more present and doing a lot of um, third eye opening work because um, there was a point where all of a sudden this stuff started happening where like I could be just with my eyes closed and I would see like all these images all the time. Um, sometimes it was like me and somebody else's body just like walk, taking a walk in the park or something and then other times it'd be like I was watching um, a scene from a movie um, but it would be just boring stuff like some guys playing basketball or um, a guy digging a hole in his yard. And then other times it would be things like horrific kind of things. Like uh, I would see like scenes from a concentration camp where like all the soldiers were taking all these dead bodies and they were piling them up on a pile and then they would set it on fire. And then it would rewind really fast and then it would play again but it would go back and forth and every time I closed my eyes I'd see it and I'd try to open my eyes and make it go away and I'd close my eyes again and it would just start back around. Like in a time loop. Yeah, so it was like I had no control over it and I didn't know what it was and we thought maybe I was doing remote viewing. I was going to say, do you think you were doing that or maybe like jumping out of like out of body type stuff or like... Um, 
Well, so I was wondering all the stuff, and then people are suggested maybe tapping into the Akashic records, but then when I started researching that, I was like, oh, we have to do this and this and this and this to tap into the Akashic records. So I was like, oh, well, I wasn't even trying. I was just closing my eyes. And, um, and then when I started doing third eye, I started finding that that was like a sign of your third eye opening as you're tapping into... Um, other dimensions or realities, um, because in other dimensions there's no time. Right, right. So everything is happening all, all at once. Yeah, time. yeah. And so that what they were saying that it's not what was happening. But when it, that stuff started happening, I was so fearful and like getting annoyed because anytime I closed my eyes, it would be happening. And um, and so I started really like hanging out with people that didn't have anything to do with any spirituality. We're not vegan. I just go and hang out with them and have fun. And uh, I wasn't work doing any meditation or anything like that. I was very like away from people. I didn't want to be around people at all. I had a hard time with crowds and And I read that if you do think stuff like that, that it, your third eye closes again. You mean if you like kind of move away from those type of people? Yeah, move away from anything that has to do with like evolving mm -hmm. consciously and that your third eye can close. I don't know if that's, it makes sense because my experience seems to be like that. I don't have them anymore and since I've been doing third eye work, I see blurry things like Mike will see like, you know, squiggly lines and stuff like that mm -hmm. and they say what happens when your third eye first starts to open. But I didn't experience that before. It's just all of a sudden I started seeing all those images. And now I'm sort of like, oh, I wish I could have that back, but it's gone. Right. <laughs> like now I want to try and go back and control it and actually like, yeah, see if I can go to places I want to go to. Isn't it trippy how like the pineal gland, they said it has like cones and rods like, a, like your eye. I was it's watching, so trippy. Yeah. It, I was watching that, um, I post the video from YouTube that I got about the pineal gland mm -hmm. and like the history of it. Right, right, right. Uh, and I never knew that. Yeah. I was like, like it really is like a structure of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then when you go look at all like the like the Egyptian and like Sumerian carvings and that kind of stuff and they focus on it and like they knew about it back like with their technology who knows could have been more advanced than us and we just don't know it's actually one thing I wanted to bring up what is that? he perked up <laughs> no, we're, we're, it's because you just pause at the right moment when it's something that you're like you have a lot of knowledge of. We were just talking about the pi mentioned the pineal gland, how it actually has cones and rods like an actual eye. Um, and then we were talking about like how Egyptians and the Sumerian stuff they had the depictions of it in their like what do they call it, the cuneiform text and stuff and all the I don't know hieroglyphics and stuff. So they knew about it back then, and I was saying. That me with with their technology, which could have been more advanced than we have now, we just don't know because it's all gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's it, it's you know there's there's kind of like those the evidences of you know. You know. Evidence of you know highly advanced technological civilizations, you know, in many places in the world, and just yeah. You know, it's like, 
you know, obviously there was some some sort of cataclysmic event or something that, that brought, you know, those civilizations back into the... The reset button. Into the, into the, you know, dark ages or either that or, or they were, you know, extraterrestrial civilizations and for some reason they left. So what do you think about like like the Anunnaki story about how they you know genetically engineered modern humans to be that slave race for to mine for the gold and stuff like that? You know, there's a lot of. I mean, you know, I guess everything is it's all you know either you know just theoretical or it's information that's been passed on through you know spirit guides or, mm -hmm. or what I don't know if you've ever read like um, you know Drunvalo Melchizedek and he did like the I f that name sounds familiar but I think I heard it from that spirit science series on YouTube yeah so he's got like um, he writes like this uh, this is one of his really really interesting stuff it's like he's got these, these books The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life oh yeah 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 actually um, they talked about this book on there yeah, you know, so it's really, uh, you know, and it's all, it's all, um, you know, information that's passed, that's, that's been given to him through, he has this guy who's like a, an ancient Egyptian, like, God, basically, you know, and so. Is that Toth? Toth? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, and, and he. Oh, oh, that's okay, that's okay. I am so sorry. No, that's okay. no yeah, but, you know, so, so, you know, and it's like, it's like all that stuff is, is, I mean, if you line it up with the, with, you know, the, the advance of, of, you know, man from, from, you know, Cro-Magnon man to what we are, you know, it's like there was that point where, there was like a massive jump in evolution. Right, right. That's like not really, it's not really explainable through science. You yeah. Know? They try to look for that missing link. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, but they're just looking took for a this jump. missing link, but, but it's like there's nothing that they can really do to explain it. Yeah. Probably can you watch Erickson while we clean it up? Okay, I will. Yeah, so, so yeah, you know, I mean, I think, I think I'd sort of like, you, you, it's like you read all this stuff and there's so many different viewpoints and, you know, there's so much different information and a lot of, a lot of it is aligned and, and a lot of it isn't, you know, and, and, and I think it's just like whatever, I always have just gone with whatever resonates with me. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when I'm reading, like, David Icke stuff, it's like a lot of that stuff does resonate with me, and then some of it doesn't, and then it's like, you know, you never really know... You never really know how much of it is true, and then in a certain way, it's like it doesn't really matter because, you know, there's not something... There's not anything you could do directly to stop it, but... You know, the the 
I think all the details and stuff is just like really semantics, right? Because there's a, there is definitely like, there are definitely like these energies and forces at work in the world. And, and on that basic level, it's just like we need to, you know, there's obviously a conscious awakening happening now in this time that we're living in. And there's a, and there are obviously also a million billion issues that need to be worked out like immediately you know for for the the continuation of all life on the planet right so you know so you can read you can read all that stuff and and uh you know it's it, it's it's really interesting but i you know it's hard to know really what uh, what of it is is true but yeah, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this stuff really resonates with me. And you know, as you grow, it's like you read stuff, and as you grow, you might think, like, wow, that's funny, like that I believe that stuff. When I, you know, it's like you ra you grow, you you're raised, you grow up like it, like you know, I grew up eating meat. It's like we have the we have all these animals and stuff. And the other day, one of our we have chickens, you know, we don't eat eggs or anything, we just have them as pets. Mm -hmm. And the other day, one of them was, we, we went out and found one of them, was, it was dead. It was in our dog's big water bucket, you know. And, and so, like, I pulled it out and I'm, like, trying to, like, resuscitate it, you know. And then it just kind of, like, struck me later how funny it is, like, that, you know, if you could see yourself when you're young, it's like you're... You know, we grew up being taught that, you know, e eating meat is necessity, like all these things are a necessity. And you grow up like that, and then like, even when you're a teenager, it's like, can you really imagine, like, imagine, like, could I have imagined myself, like, trying to resuscitate a, a baby chicken, you know? Because, because for me, like, you know, that life, it's, life is precious, you know, and it's, and, and, and it's so precious that I would n never want to take it away from any other living thing to give myself life, you know, and, and, you know, so you grow as, as you grow, and, I, and even like the music that I make now, I think of like, what, what would I, I was just talking with my friend the other night, like, imagine, if I was like myself in high school, like you know, playing all the the rock music that I that I listened, you know, played and and like just like it's just a whole different phase. And then like I imagine what I would think of what I would think of the music that I'm making now, like myself back then. And I wonder what I would think. Like if I would think, ah, oh, that music sucks, or like it's cheesy, or what, you know. But but like but now at this point and in my growth in life, it's like it is really meaningful to me, and it's meaningful to me to go help and and heal people in that way, you know. And so you grow and you learn. It's like you know, we, I grew up being raised in in a Christian household, so you know, you grow up and then you get you have these ideas, like you know that. That, you know, when you die and you go to heaven, and the only way to get into heaven is to ask, uh, you know, this character that you, that for all you know is fictitious, you know, for salvation. And it's like, how do you, it's like now I think like, how do you even, 
Like, how does that even work? Yeah. How would that really even work? It's just like, it, it just seems like such nonsense now. And, and But you know, at, at the time, it's like that's what you, you know, so you grow and you learn and, and probably, you know, five or ten years from now, I'll think, look back and think about the things that I believe to be true and hopefully I'll have ascended and grown to to know that some of them were right and some of them were wrong you know but it's yeah you got to be able to like hold on to your beliefs kind of lightly because as you like as you said as you grow and you mature and you learn more and you experience more you, things might not be so true but if you hold grasp too tightly to those things they're not they're preventing you from growing right yeah yeah, and then you're just going to end up, like, later on thinking, like, wow, I was, like, clinging so fast to that, and, like, and I was so adamant and telling other people how true it was, and then, like, you know, now I look back at myself and think of what an ass I must have looked like, you know, and, or, you know, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's true, you know, you, you definitely, because, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's so much, I mean, you know, there's, it's, it's a, you know, I mean, with the, the reality that we live in, it's like, it seems physical, and, and everything here seems real, but, but then, you know, it could very well be that it's not real at all, and it's just, a, you know, it's just a creation of our, Your own of our consciousness, yeah. you know? I actually heard somebody say the other day, and I thought it was so funny, but also so true, is like, there's no proof that right now I'm not standing in a padded room screaming at a wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> and all of this is not even real for everybody, I guess. But I mean, that's kind of that thing about <clears throat> like you create your reality in that sense. Right. I mean, I think, and there's layers of that too. You know? I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's an obvious, I think, tangible. Or like, you know, like what, what she always talks about with your, your intuition, you know? There's an obvious, tangible effect to following your intuition, and the more you tune into it, the more you listen to it, the more, you know, you just become, you know, your life becomes a f more fluid, you know? And you, and, you, and you are in the right place at the right time, and you're not, you know getting yourself trapped in, you know, relationships that keep you down or, or you know, in situations that you, you are dragging you down, you know, if you, if you follow your, your intuition, you follow your, your heart, your path, then, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's definitely a, a tangible, like, effect of that that you can see, you're just manifesting positivity, and, you know, you see, like, I have friends that, you know, I have friends that, you know, they, they, you can just see it, they're, like, they, you know, I have a friend that, that I work with, and he's always, when a situation comes up, he always says, hey, oh, man, this, I don't know about this, you know, like this, this bad thing could happen. And then like something bad always happens to him. In every situation, something bad always happens to him. And then he like talks about that. It reinforces you know? what he already thought, like, you know. Yeah, and then he talks about it and he's like, yeah, you know, it's just me, man. I mean, it doesn't matter what, what I do. Like, the, the worst thing happens to me. 
and it's funny because he like thinks he's a positive person and like in a lot of aspects he is but then he also has this mentality like oh bad just stuff just always happens to me and he's always like talking about it and he's like oh this something bad happens to him and then he goes and like tells everybody about it and he wants like that attention and it's like just having that you know and then you can see it you know because it's it's like it's it's so obvious, you know. You put it out there, and it comes back to you, you know. And for me, I'm just like, you know, I, I I've always tried to be really positive and like, you know, and I've never really had problems with bad things happening to me. And I don't think like I go into a situation and I don't think like what's the worst that could happen? Like somebody like my mom says, you know, like oh yeah, you know. You should get insurance for your instruments because what if they get stolen? And I tell her, Mom, nobody's going to steal from me. You know? And nobody's ever stolen from me because I don't expect anybody to steal from me and I don't worry about it because I don't steal from anybody else. Nobody's going to steal from me. You know? It's like, I, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know? And I feel like I believe that. You know? So, so that's it what happens. It happens to you, yeah. And I think I was just lucky enough to kind of come to that realization pretty early on in my life, even even though I didn't, I, I don't think I really like grasped it in a concrete way. I think I just started to like think, hey, if I like, if I think I'm going to win, I'm going to win, you know, if I think I'm in a situation, if I think I'm going to end up on top and do good, I'm going to do good, you know, and, and they just, they've gone with that, you know, and, it works. and some people just like, you know, early on in their life, they like, they, something bad is going to happen to them, and then they just grow up thinking bad stuff's going to happen to them, and it always does, and then, it, and then, you know, maybe it just takes something really big to break them out of it, or maybe they never do, or maybe they just need to come across the right, you know, person to help them. With that, you know? I wonder if that's something that like is instilled in you from your parents like maybe you watch them and they worried about certain things where you were young and you kind of picked up on that and I think so I mean I think to a certain extent you know we are our own individual spirits and we're born you know and we come into this life with with uh, you know a predetermined goal in, in mind to, to learn something but then you know we also cross paths with many other spirits that have a direct effect and uh, you know yeah you, your parents are, are really the your main influences on the formative years of your life so I think yeah you do become your parents in it to a certain extent like my parents are both, were both really positive people and, de and they always taught me to be non-violent and to take care of people and, and you know treat people the way that you would want to be treated you know and, and, and you know and then it's like you you know like you know people that are like you know it's like you think how could people go and we we, we have this discussion a lot like how could you go and go to like a dog fight 
and and see two dogs like killing each other and like get pleasure in it, right? But it's like people only learn that from their parents. You know, they go they're doing that from when they're young. So their parents do it, their parents parents have done it, and they go there and they take their kids and they go, Hey, this is gonna be fun and the kids are like probably at first like this is this is weird, but then they look around and everybody else is like yeah, cheering, yeah. And then you know, and then pretty soon it's like the next time they're like, yeah, I want to go and do that. It's fun. And then they grow up, and unless they learn, they're gonna teach their kids the same negative, you know, behaviors. And it's and it's like it's not that it's not that it's excusable, but it's like. It's, you know, it's like the explanation. It's like you can't blame them. You can blame people for, for uh, you know, not growing once they reach a, a conscious point for not like questioning these things and stuff. But, but you know that that the root of that problem is is in their, you know, in their upbringing in a lot of cases. So it's, it's hard. Have you ever heard the theory or the? I guess the concept that we choose like everything in our lives before we incarnate into this being, like you kind of get a chance to say, okay, and this is gonna happen then, based off your previous karma and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you kind of plot out your whole journey in this life before you even come into this world. Like you pick your parents, yeah. you pick yourself. Have you ever heard of that? Or yeah, I have. You know, I don't think I don't know if I if I really if I really agree with that. I sort of like look at things as like. Yeah. You know, if you look at if you look at things are like a scope, everything is kind of like you know microcosms. You know, I think maybe like uh, you know, like this life is only you know a grain of sand in the in the infinite ex experience of the spirit, right? You know, but but. I, I don't like to think that that like uh, you know there's this predetermined fate of everything and you know I mean it, I guess if you view if you view time as not as being non-existent really then then you know everything already has happened or or will happen you know but but I don't know I just I don't I don't really. I don't really necessarily like to think about things like that because I just don't think there's any way of really no knowing. I don't think we're really. I don't necessarily think we're supposed to know that. You know, and it's kind of like, and and, and if it and if it and if it is true, then you know. I guess that's it, but it doesn't really change anything. Right, there's nothing you can do about it at yeah. this point anyway. <laughs> You're still living through this existence, and it's like, it, I guess if it was if it was all predetermined, it wouldn't really make it more, any more or less fun, because it's not like you know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's but, true, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I definitely do think that, you know, life is about learning lessons, you know, and, and I can't really see any other reason for us to be here but to grow and learn, you know, and so 
I, I do think that the spirits were. We are oh, here, and, and, and we, I think we do, you know, yeah. choose the life that we about, like, that we live to a certain extent to, to, because it may offer a certain like a lesson that we need to learn in that, in that time. To heal something. I don't something. really know. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all on this journey trying to figure everything out, but yeah. all these different, you know, you hear all these different theories from these different people, and some of them sound so interesting, but then, like with that one about picking your, your kind of your, your life for this one based off past karma, it's, it's kind of tough to, like, reconcile the fact that if something traumatic happens in your life, to say to tell like if somebody goes through that, and to tell them like, well, you picked that for yourself, like it's kind of hard to. Right. To think of like I don't think anybody would pick something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's you know, and then there's like you know, like you hear about people that you know they do like past life regressions and they find out you know in their last life they killed somebody. Like why would you choose to do right right that? Like, but I mean, I guess there's not you know if there's a there's no real, real knowing the, the, yeah, the reason hard, for things. I mean, like I, you, you know, it's hard to even just wrap yourself all. around, wrap your head around why things like that happen like at all. Mm -hmm. You know, then you get into that question, like, why is, why is there evil? You know, if there is a, if there is a, a you know, a creator or a higher power, why, why are these, why are these, why are, why are negative things even exist? Yeah, why would he allow that allow yeah. to be exist? Yeah, and it's like you just can't. You can't even. Yeah. There's no real discussing that. Right? I think he said it. Maybe it isn't for us to know. Yeah. Just to yeah. trust and grow. Yeah. Yeah. Man. What you're talking about? Not eating meat. That's, it was actually because of you. Um, was the Earthling song. And at the end, when you're singing www.earthlings.com, and I was listening, I was like, "What is he saying?" Like, <laughs> wait, wait, that's a website. I'm gonna look it up. So I went and looked it up, and I found it, and like, I watched it at work actually. Oh my god. Yeah, like on my iPhone while I was working, and I just like, I couldn't. I was done. Like, pow. Like that day, I was like, I'm not gonna do it anymore. I cried so much watching that documentary. It was so nuts. But thank you, though. <laughs> yeah, I haven't made the full leap to veganism yet, but more and more so now, I'm starting to consider it. But I think a part of me is still attached. You know what I mean? It's hard to let go. Mm. Yeah, I think a good one for that is that I haven't seen it yet, but there's that movie, Cowspiracy. I actually saw a bunch of people posting about it Yeah, you know, and that's all about that. I mean, because, you know, when, if you think about it, if you're... If you're vegetarian because you don't, you know, because you're against the the treatment of the animals and and, and that whole industry that's that's exactly you know, yeah doing so much detrimental harm to our planet, you know, on top of just being a horrific industry where you know living creatures are tortured and and raised in in a in just a hellish, yeah. hellish situation, then you, I mean, you know, if you think about that, actually the dairy aspect of that 
is is worse. Yeah. Right. Because you have you know mothers who are oh. you know they're impregnated and then right at the moment they give birth they're separated from their babies and you know fed tons of chemicals to make them overproduce milk. They live in, you know, they don't even, they, they live in a, in a, in a situation where they can't even do Right, they're just caged in on both sides. Now. Yeah, and, I mean, so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's like if you've gone to that, if you've gone vegetarian, then it only makes sense to go vegan because it's the same reason, you know? But it's even like kind of a more a stronger reason, you know. Yeah, that's that's kind of the reason why I wanted to stop eating meat, and then so I'm kind of struggling with that too now. That moral, like efficacy of it, like but I mean, we don't drink milk, we don't eat eggs, but we eat bread and that kind of stuff still. So it's like like it would be there's only a few more things for us to cut out, and we're we're there. But it's like just making that. Yeah, we're like we're we're the same way. I mean, like we. There's, you know, like there's times where, you know, if there's a bread or something, we won't I mean, if we go and buy bread and stuff, you know, we buy bread. But, you know, if you're like somewhere and you're getting a sandwich or something, it's like, you know, it may have eggs or something in it. I don't know. We're not like super nuts about that kind of stuff. And the kids like still eat cheese too, so it's like. Yeah, see, that's kind of what we're struggling with him too. Ooh, see? Did you hear the bird? Hear the birdie? It's hard with kids, you know? It's like. It's. Well, kind of what I feel with him too is that, like. We don't, I don't want to make the decision for him, but he's not old enough to make the decision for himself anyway. That's you so, know? I mean, that, that's... We didn't... We don't have, like, meat in our house at all. So, but we always tell the kids, if you're in a other place and you decide to eat meat, like, at their, with the older kids at their dad's, mm. then, you know, that's your decision. Because I don't feel like it should be something that's forced. Yeah, yeah. An idea... But with Abaya, so we don't eat meat here, and then we don't want him eating meat at school, and so we're having his um, home lunches at his school. But then he notices that, because even before, before we, we never have actually tried to force it down. We just said, this is what we eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the idea to him of seeing our chickens and then seeing that other people are eating chickens, he, he was just like Yeah, the first time that he heard that, he, people eat the first time he heard us say that, you know, somebody's eating, you know, chicken or eating like any, he just trips out. You know? He was just like, what? You know what I mean? Like, no, you can't do that. do that. And he just like, you know, he gets really tripped out, so. Yeah, I think it's like a, I think if you give them the opportunity, then then naturally they're gonna think that's weird, you know. It's like that because it is, <laughs> you know. It's like that one. I forget who said it, but if you give a baby and like an apple and a rabbit, it's not gonna try to eat the rabbit, but right, it'll try right, to go right. for the apple. Right, exactly. I think that might have been Gary Rofsky, maybe. Oh, that's a good 
Yeah, you know, it, it, exactly. It's like it's it's a natural thing, and so I think you know. But but then it's like, of course, if your parents are telling you, like, yeah, well, here's this. Well, you need to eat your meat for protein. Yeah, right, yeah, your protein. And then, and then it's like you grow up, and then it's like, oh, yeah, what is a hamburger? Oh, it's, made, it's made out of cow. That's what I've been eating this whole time. Oh, okay, I guess if my parents said it's okay, that's just what we do. Let's not do the slamming you know, door because I'm worried like, about you slamming your fingers in the door. And then with the You're internet, you can actually see like, the videos the from in there. And it's, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. I was telling Nicole that I kept... Advaya out of school on Wednesday because their whole focus this week was the food pyramid, mm -hmm. and Wednesday was meat and protein. And it wasn't so much that I were, was so worried about their influence confusing him. Like I thought he would be a little bit confused, but I wasn't worried that he would come home and want to eat meat. But I was worried about him causing a problem in the classroom. Him, like, you know, your son was being disruptive. Right, right. But... That's what I was imagining. It's like no, man. <laughs> Reinforce the, those beliefs and, and why you do it because yeah, they're, it's just a completely evil and barbaric industry that's completely unnecessary, you know, and and, and the driving force behind it is like you know, it's, it's all these these corporations, and then you have the government like uh, you know subsidizing all these corporate farms and and so it's basically like you have an industry that's not profitable because it's so backwards and it's so it takes so much energy to produce this meat you know that, that people are so you know used to eating and the only reason they're eating it is because they've been taught that that's what they need to eat and it's not it's completely unnecessary but then it takes so much energy to grow the food for it and to and to just to, to create that food you know grow the animals and, and raise them and, and, and slaughter them that that it's just totally not profitable so the government has to subsidize them just to keep them in business, you know. And then you wonder, like, and you wonder what is the reason, you know? What is the reason? Why would they continue with an industry that is highly pollutant of our planet, is unprofitable, and causes so much? Yeah, it causes causes 
health problems, yeah. you know, is the is the main reason for, you know, all the the majority of health problems. You know? And it's like, I mean, obviously, it's like, they, they make money, you know, it's an industry that they make money of. The healthcare industry is a huge money maker, and, you know, if you get people eating healthy, vibrant food that could be grown in abundance in all this in all these farms that are being used for you know raising animals for slaughter you turn all those into you know vegetable farms and then you'll have an abundance of food for everybody and that's the thing vegetables and that kind of fruit you can grow them anywhere i'm sure you guys have fruit and vegetables yeah. in your guys' yard. Yeah. We're trying to start some at our house too, but yeah, it's like everybody could have their own little plot yeah, to right. grow for their family and right. I mean and that you know, that's gonna become a necessity. You know? There's like a new thing of like those urban farms in like big cities to make more spaces than the taking like the medium stuff and planting like tomato plants and stuff like that for the community. It's it's cool. Yeah, but you know, like, beyond that, beyond the money nature, like, it sort of occurred to me that, that, you know, if, if the energy of, you know, the energy of the, the, the forces that are ultimately controlling the industry and, you know, like we talked about, the, the people who are really in power, the the elite the Illuminati and the and the you know all the the you know yeah. the Bilderbergers yeah. and all these guys that are that are CFR, truly in power behind those guys, the yeah. system and these these are the guys that are that are putting all these systems in place and you know creating have, have created this the you know the the FDA and all these organizations that really like make this system that's so backwards keep running, you know, with all of their loopholes and all of their, you know, laws they create to, to keep, you know, these poisonous systems running that are poisoning our planet, it's, they, they're, they're feeding, they feed off of fear, you know, and that's the, ma the major emotion that they feed off of, um, you know, and then, and then you think about that, you know, when you're in a, when you're, if you're in a room full of people that are afraid, then that energy, you know, kind of gets into your energy field and, and makes you more afraid. And that's like that, that herd mentality is like you get everybody afraid, they, they make everybody afraid, and then that, that fear spreads, right? And then it's like you have, you, and, and, and we're all, you know, don't say Anybody who's dead. in tune knows that we're connected with every every living thing and all. Just you know, say if you have a dog, you know, you know dead. your your dog feels when you're when you're upset or you're happy, you know. And so you think about all these animals that are being tortured and, and slaughtered and killed, and just the amount of negative energy that that puts into the energy field of the earth, you know, and it just makes even more sense that they're you know, perpetuating this industry, yeah. And I feel like the energy in, in, at the time when it's slaughtered, you know, is that negative energy of fear and for, in the, from the animal, and 
I kind of feel like that stays in that meat. So if you consume that, like you're putting that into your body. Well, yeah, and it's not only at that time. It's their whole entire life, you know? So you have this real, like, super low vibrational food that's full of negative energy that's, you know, that's not, you know, that's at the time when it's, you know... When the animal is slaughtered, it's already, you know, a super low vibrational food, and then from there, it's just dead, you know? And then, and then it gets frozen, and then repackaged, and, you know, yeah, and then pumped with more chemicals to keep it, you know, and then, like, you know, and then it goes to McDonald's and, and get, you know, and then somebody eats it in a, in a form of a hamburger five years later you know and it's like have you seen that thing where the guy left out the mcdonald's cheeseburger hamburger for like i want to say like years but that might be over exaggeration but it was a really long time and it looked exactly the same yeah that's yeah yeah it's trippy it's like it's so funny your podcast is gonna be like it's all over the place no that's perfect that's how it is yeah those are the best kinds because it gives a lot of different topics for a lot of people. Hopefully, somebody listening will catch something from one part of it at yeah. least. And, <laughs> I guess you know. yeah, that spark it always sparks something else and something yeah, It's kind of hard to keep on one thing the whole time, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But that's what I like about it. now to totally switch okay. subjects because you were just talking about low vibration and stuff, and you're a musician. So how do you like? How do you feel, like, with the current state of, like, pop music and, like, popular, like, pop, yeah, popular music? Because I feel like that kind of is keeping people in a low vibration, too, right now. Well, yeah, I think it's, like, uh, you know, with, I think, the music mirrors the culture, you know, and, and in everything else. You know, if you if you look at the food industry or the you know the techno technological industry, all these different industries, just like the music industry, they're the the mainstream like really controlled side of it becomes way more streamlined, and so now you see music that's like this corporate. It's like. The music on the radio is is, is like, it's like highly corporatized too because now the record labels are are having to figure out a new system of making money because of you know the kind of the openness of music and and how it's become a, it's become. A, a lot easier for musicians on a small level to become successful so they don't really need the record labels anymore so now you have record labels and all they basically do is they take the same producers and produce the mu all this music that sounds the same and then they basically like take artists and they're like creating artists they're not like real real artists they're just taking somebody and, and, and saying Okay, you're you got a nice voice and you have a a good look, and we're gonna put you with this producer who's created all these other hit songs, and and you know, and and, and that was the way it worked back in the day, 
but it's just like so much more streamlined now to where you know have a small group of producers that are making like all the music. And so you know, but but I think like but with anything else, it's like all these lines are being drawn and and I believe that it's that, you know their their motive for doing things this way is that it's more controlling of people and it's easier to control people this way and then you make the music even dumber so you make people that are listening to it basically dumber because they're you know music is a is an art form that inspires people, opens their minds to new possibilities. So if you give them the same song over and over and over with two meaningless lyrics in it for the whole entire song repeating over and over with no changes, you know, you, you make people dumber, right? But then you draw, but then what they don't realize is that they're drawing the line to where more people are not going to buy buy into that anymore. Where in the past, a lot of these people would have listened to pop music and they would have listened to, you know, the Bee Gees or something because their music was a lot more intelligent, you know, and it was still pop music and it was still meant for the masses and it, you know, maybe wasn't the most meaningful music, but now it's like so much more glaringly obvious. And it's like this music is really not. It's not intelligent music, and so I think a lot more people are going, "Man, this music sucks," you know. And then and so and then they're going looking other places for good music, and then they're realizing, "Wow, there's like actually a whole world of really great music, and it's all." so easily accessible now so it's like really a, a lot more open for for musicians like myself to to be successful and i don't have to sell out stadiums i don't have to even sell out a, a you know a small club i can go and be successful and play for an audience of 50 people or 100 people and be successful and 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 I think it's, it's, I would rather do that because, you know, I look at things on, on the level of, you know, when you affect people deeply, <laughs> it's, it's so much more powerful, you know, because if you play for, you play music for a hundred people, and you, and you play music that's, that's, really meaningful and has a deep and spiritual message and they have a spirit and every one of those hundred people has a spiritual experience that night you know then versus you know playing for a crowd of 10,000 people and you're playing pop music and it's like just you know everybody party party get drunk and you know go home and don't even really remember it and then a week later it's like it never even happened you know it's, it's, you might play for 10,000 people, but those 100 people that I just played for that, that, that I, you know, touched and, and healed in a, in a, in a very spiritual way, they'll take that energy and go and affect, and it, and it'll affect everybody that they, that they 
you know, come across really for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, if it if it had a, a enough of an impact on them to, to make a, a change in their life, you know, and, and so it's like, you know, you could, it's it's so that to me is is the is a really the true mark of success is like, you know, you're you're, you're helping people, and there's so much music out there I think right now that that I, I think it's like that music that's on the radio that's like the same five songs over and over it repels people so much that they become musicians like me you know whereas maybe like you know in the past maybe you know in the 60s or the 70s i would have just wanted to you know make music like the, the music that was on the radio and now you just have so much more complex music you know and there's and there's so much more mu there's music that's just so much more complex musically and lyrically i think than than ever than any other time you know so but but it's like you're not going to find it on the radio and you might not you know it's it's like there's no there's there's not going to be any corporate backing behind any of it so if you find it it's just going to be by Luck, or by word of mouth, by somebody yeah. being like, "Hey, have you heard of this yeah. this music?" And you might, you know, you might see, "Wow, this guy's been playing for twenty years, and I've never, yeah. never that's, heard of him." You know, but that's how I feel about like Knuckle Bear. I just like recently found out about him. I was like, "Where have I been this yeah. whole time?" It's crazy. And she turned me on to you when we first met, and that was the while ago. And you've been playing for a long time at that point. She used to go and watch you guys. When you guys are in um, Melodious Solutions. She remembers those days and she'd like tell me about it. She'd like, you gotta check out this guy in my club. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's like, there's there's always gonna be... That's that's the beauty of it, though, is like, we can always keep playing and there's always gonna be people that that need that need the music but have never even heard it. Heard it and it'll always grow. You know, and so maybe that's a good thing because maybe it's like, not meant for us to be like you know get a hit single on the radio and blow up for for you know a month and then and then never be heard from again you know what i mean i think a lot of times those kind of things are are they seem like a success at the time but then they end up being failures and then you end up with with uh you know these dysfunctional people that are like wow i i you know I got signed by this label and then I get pumped up to this huge thing and I was really successful and then and then you know and then they start doing drugs or like or just living this crazy life that they're not accustomed to and it's just like everything happens too fast for them and you know they don't grow organically because you have this machine that's like pumping it up you know I think it also is a circle of people that attach themselves to like particular artists or even who they let into their inner circle. You got all these like yes men and enablers and that kind of yeah. who want to get that you know eat off your plate kind of a thing. You just want to ride on your coattails and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like it's like it's it's, it's just like that, like any other industry in the world. It's like it's not really real. I mean it. Yeah.
if you, it's the same thing like having to subsidize the meat industry. It's like, if you have to take your song and you have to pay a radio station to play it, you know, it's like that's how these guys get successful. And that's, that's what it's come down to now is if you want to if you want radio play nationally it costs and it's like but but it's like you know you still do have a mass of people who just believe that if they hear something enough that they like it you know and so so that's what they figured out it's like play these songs over and over and they get stuck in your head and then it's like people start believing wow I like that song you know? right. it's just because it's catchy yeah they're singing along and they don't even real, they don't even know why they're singing along yeah it's trippy and me it's like you know it'll still get stuck in my head but then it's like I recognize the difference between something being stuck in my head and and actually liking you singing it because you like the song. Yeah, and I mean I think that's that's where a lot of people don't don't really make that distinction, you know. And so they think, wow, I love that song, you know, because they know it. Right, right. You know, I, I can sing every line to it, so I must like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what what bands do you like? Or are you inspired by? Well, when you said when you were younger, you played rock. Like, yeah, were you, you know, so I grew up listening to, uh, you know, like in high school, I listened to a lot of like the grunge stuff, like, you know, yeah, I listened to, you know, like my favorite bands were like, you know, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Smashing Pumpkins and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's all like... That music at the time was, I think, really revolutionary. And, and, it, and it, a lot of it had a lot of messages that, you know, that did kind of start an awakening in me. And the music was, you know, really complex. And I think I kind of carry a lot of that, you know, that kind of side of things into the music that I make with a lot of the arrangements and stuff but, you know these guys were doing really cool stuff and I still listen to like that stuff and I listen to a lot of Beatles and you know Pink Floyd and all the Zeppelin and all that stuff too you know but now it's like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely inspired by a lot of a lot of like uh, people that I make music with now, like Nako and Trevor Hall and Xavier Rudd and you know local guys like Paul Isaac. And I just found him too. Yeah. Guys are all like really inspiring to me, and it's and it's cool. It's really cool because there's a there's a community of musicians I think that that. We've all kind of come together, and you know, we go on tour, and, and we'll do shows together on the road, and and, and just like you know, everybody knows everybody knows each other, you know, and it's like you see you see different musicians that you know, and you're like, oh yeah, do you guys know each other? Oh yeah, you know, everybody. It's like it's like touring with your brothers. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and it's like you realize we all realize that we have the same goal, and that we're all really doing the same thing in our own different ways and it's cool because we can support each other like that and help each other grow and it's a movement you know? mm -hmm. it's a movement definitely 
And so the music has always, I think music has always been a part of the revolution, you know? Oh, yeah. just started talking. You could see orbs, like you can see color orbs in our house, and we'd always be like kind of freaked out about it, but then he just started calling it the colors. Oh, yeah. And he like talks to them. This kid has got, he's got, he's, he sees all kinds of stuff. Indigo. Yeah. There was a, there was a, while I was gone, there was, they had a trippy experience where he uh, said uh, there was a boy that came home with us called Kendall. Yeah. And, um, from the tree. Yeah, and he came from a tree, but he, uh, but then he started saying that he came from the ash tree, yeah, he came right? From the ash. And then he said ash, and then he said, he spelled it. And then and he, he said, he said A S H. But he has no idea. I mean, he can't even, like, he doesn't even, I can't, he wouldn't even be able to tell you an H if you yeah. showed it to him, you know? And then he also described him to be like a, a, a black boy. Um, Eating chicken skin, by the way. And then, and then, and then she researched it in all these, like, uh, ancient cultures, like the ash tree is the, is, the, is like the symbol of the, of like a connection between the living and the dead. And and also then he described that the boy looked like a a black boy. I, and then his name was Kendall because I was thinking Kendall. That's my my dad's mom's maiden name. So my dad's middle name is Kendall. And I was like thinking, oh that's weird. But then when I looked it up, I, a lot of slave owners. So a lot of slaves have a name Kendall because they're slave owners. Surname was Kendall. So that, that was and then he so was just being like, Kendall's here. And he's hanging out. And like, yeah, he's, he came Kendall over. Kendall was waiting for us in the yeah. tree. He said, like, when he came Kendall? out of Safeway. And me and Mila were just kind of like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then so he's super colorist in our room all the time. And then the weird thing was one night we were going to sleep and he said, oh, the colors are here. And he hadn't said that for a while. And I was like, oh, really, where are they? And he always says, they're right over by the window that's right in front of the bed. And then all of a sudden I saw this green like, orb like, flying over to right above us. And it was weird because it looked like... Um, Put away the or they see a picture, picture. Uh -huh. except that the inside of it looked like a, like an atom, or like a drawing, when you see a drawing of a, like an atom or a nucleus. The, the spinning thing? Yeah, it was like, but then it had these tentacles that were hanging down. Did you look into trying to figure out more of what that was? Mila, my paranormal researcher, was like, oh, that means it's evil, and like all these people have said that that's like a, like a negative kind of energy. But then I found, um, I found this personal investigator that started following me on Instagram. So I was supposed to do back and forth with him about it. And um, he said he'd heard about that before too, but he wouldn't really necessarily say that it was evil, but that it was just, you know, some sort of energy. Yeah. But it was weird because I never had seen anything before. And I'd be like, oh, the color is looking around, you know what I mean, until that night. That is trippy. <laughs> that was yeah. We had in, we um, went to Ohio to visit my family last September. We went to the graveyard to visit my, my grandfather and everything's normal. We took pictures there and then after on the camera had all orbs. Really? Yeah.
Like right on the yeah. gravestone, like near her feet areas. Yeah. Tricky. Yeah, there was a, there was also another incident when he was like really young, where he kept telling me that that um he was seeing Gigi with my grandpa. Oh, that's right. And he never met him. He'd only seen pictures of him, and he was like, oh, "Gigi's here." Gigi's here. And he was like telling me. They say kids are way more yeah, open to that. Yeah, yeah. Kids are totally open until they start to like um, realize that everybody else is focusing only on this reality, and so then they close themselves up. Mm-hmm. Or like, or if their parents just like brush it off, like no, no, no. Yeah, you're imagining it. Imagine all those imaginary friends, who they really were. It's just an active imagination. Here. You want to help them clean up some? Hotels, I feel like, have that because there's so many people who come and go through them. And with the thing, like, where you know, if you really cared or loved this particular place, you kind of maybe might come back to it later. What hotel is the Aqua one? There's like 13. Were you guys the one that took over Outrigger? No, no, we just merged with Aston. You know where Tiki's is? Tiki's Bar and Grill? That's one of the Aston properties. Mm. I'm trying to think of what. Like Park a, Shores, Lulu's. 
that's an aqua. Because I was going to say, like, um, just in hotels, if they've been around, like, they used to be other hotels, mm -hmm, and now they're mm -hmm. in this hotel. Like, when my dad used to work for Outrigger Hotels back in the 70s, he was, like, a manager of different hotels, and they'd mm -hmm. have, like, lots of suicides. Like, yeah. people would go to... So, like, the energy of that suicide yeah. could be, like, in the hotel. It's surprising how many people come here to do that. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. But when my dad really told me that, even in the 70s, they were mm -hmm, doing that. Mm -hmm. So, it's like... All that energy yeah, and they stays, never, they yeah. never put it out in any media. Yeah, it's not in the paper ever. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, kitty. Oh, it's a kitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're dirty. Because, um, he's like, I don't know how old he is, but he just recently in the last year started having seizures. And he has really, they're like really violent seizures. And so he like has them all. Thank you. <laughs> 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 He's rubbing his face on the, on the screen. Then... Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, he does. Yeah. smush face. Yeah, he's... We have a bunch of cats. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I used but, to be highly allergic to cats, but I'm not anymore. But only one of our cats will actually let him come up to her and pet her and he'll like hug her and lay on her and I'm thinking like oh I'm just kind of like waiting. Oh, waiting for her to like snap <laughs> yeah. at him but she never does she's such a good cat that's good and yeah. but the other ones they're pretty skittish cats are like that. the other yeah. ones are skittish like as soon as he even like makes a move towards them boom they're gone that kind of thing yeah a couple of our cats are um, the kind where like they've scratched him or bit him um, but more like out of affection yeah, yeah. Our, our male cat oh he's the worst he like always scratches me and bites me but, that's uh, like nubs yeah <laughs> it's like you're ignoring me I'm not biting you <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a party race yeah well, I think you're getting into the space too much and it's scaring me okay okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> can I put it back in there <laughs> you got it. You can do it. Oh, okay, wait. Let me shake it off. Start again. Start again. <laughs> so do you, Kendra, do you do like healing work, like on people as a thing? Or? I've only done it for my family and mm -hmm. for animals, and it seems like always, pretty much most of the time, the animals that I think I'm going to heal, I'm just helping them pass on. Mm. I've had a lot of animals die in my hands. Um, yeah, like I think, and then I real I always realize <laughs> it's like a lot of lizards. Like a lot of lizards, like will come and hang around me for days, but while they're sick or something. Like even at the plant nursery, I had these lizards that would like come around, and I would try to do healing, and then I realize, oh, they're they're dying or whatever. But um, so it's funny though. Even like a little lizard will have a. I can feel the energy of leaving their body when they die. So it really makes you realize, you know what I mean? That we're all like connected and we're all made of the same energy. But yeah, so I've never done healing. But I think because I needed to work on myself, I wasn't confident of thinking that energy could flow through me and heal people. But I, that's something that I want to do like in my future. But I'm thinking more of, it's called cycle pump. And it's, it's funny because it's the weirdest yeah. word, but I was like, what is this thing that I want to do? Like, I want to help people that are terminally ill cross over and um, prepare them mm -hmm. and 
and um, so I looked it up, and it, it was like they're called psychopomps. Mm. And I that. yeah, I hadn't ever either. That's gotta be heavy. Yeah, so I think you really would have to be grounded, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, that's a good. But I mean, if you have that gift, I mean, what a way to. Well, I, just because of the animals thing, I was thinking that was what made me think maybe that's something that I want to do, but I'm not really sure. Hey, get out of here, cat. You're going to get fleas in the living room. Meow. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay, we can wrap it up then. It's getting late. Do you guys have any like last like messages you want to say or put out there before we wrap it up? I guess. We should do this again. That was oh yeah, I, I. My intention is to totally do this more. Yeah. I really enjoy just being able to talk about you know different topics that you're interested in and. You have a message for everybody? Meow. Meow. <laughs> Is that I love you and cat? <laughs> no? <laughs> what does it mean? Meow. Oh. Is it still going? Yeah. Oh. I would say like my message is like to realize that we all hold the power within ourselves. It's like I think that's so key to like everything as far as like spiritual awakening and evolution and consciousness is because you don't give yourself any of that power. Right, and I think to add to that, you know, what I always tell people is like people get caught up in these in these excuses like uh, you know, because we are in a time that that a lot of change needs to happen. And it's like it's like these massive changes that need to happen and and people get caught up in this trap of saying like well you know it doesn't matter if if you know I become you know vegan or if I you know make these changes if I stop using plastic bottles or if I you know it doesn't matter because I'm just one person and you know what difference can I really make but I think that's the way that people are controlled is because, like she said, people don't give themselves the, the credit, uh, you know, and the power that they, that they really have. And I always tell people, you know, if you think you can't make a change, you've you got it totally backwards because you're the only one that can make a change. So every, if, if everybody realized that they had the power to make a change, then there would be no problem because the change would be happening. Yeah. You know, but people... Because people believe that they are powerless to make a change is the reason why things don't change. When people empower themselves and realize that they have all the power to make the change, and start yeah. making a change within themselves, then then the change will grow and they'll affect other people to make a change. And that's that's the most important thing is to start with yourself, and make a change within yourself, and then be that change. And that's what inspires other people to change. Not talking about it. I will be the change I'm seeking, right? <laughs> cool. All right. Oh yeah.
I like it. guys <laughs> thank you for <laughs> listening and thank you for supporting the podcast everybody out there who's been listening and giving me feedback I really appreciate it thanks to Kendra and Mike for graciously you know giving us their time to 
I mean, I'm sure we thank them enough in the beginning and said, I mean, there's, but there's just not enough nice things you can say about these two beautiful souls. But if you want to check out Mike's music, you can look him up on his website, mikelovemusic.com. You can purchase his albums there. He has tour information, all that kind of stuff. He actually has a page on there where it has all the lyrics for the song, which I thought was really cool. Because in this day and age, a lot of people download the music and don't actually buy hard copies, so it doesn't come with like album covers in line. In what do they call those? Whatever with the lyrics, like how they used to do back in the day. But but I think that's really awesome. So you can check that out, um, and also check out his new album titled "Love Will Find a Way." Um, I'm actually gonna put that song at the end of this right now so you'll hear that song it's probably like my favorite song right now what about you you agree yeah, yeah it's yeah. an amazing song and it features other artists too that Mike Love plays and tours with it has Paula Fuga uh, Trevor, Hall. Trevor Hall and Knuckle Bear from Medicine for the People so if you enjoy this song please buy his album support local music support beautiful people and support love. love. Yeah. All right. But that's it for now. So we'll check you guys out on the next episode. And yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Peace. I want to be good. I want to do better. want to live long, be strong. But I know I won't live forever. So while I'm alive, I'm going to make a spark. And I hope that my life will be a light shining bright for those who were lost in the dark. I wanna give love, I wanna have patience, I wanna feel the animal within be while like the wind, but gracious. Gonna plant my seeds, I'm gonna watch them grow. And I hope that my forest will restore us a chorus that was lost long ago. Feel the fire burning. Know the tide is turning our way Though the skies might be gray In the distance I can see good. The sun has got to break through someday And all that's left to see Is love will find a way People singing, singing songs of redemption, singing songs of the truth, singing songs of the peaceful warrior nation, singing songs to the gods of love and thankfulness. Cause we are alive and we're striving to thrive and we know that we're blessed. Yeah. Cause we are the ones who come to wipe away the poison that's been seeping into the heart. It's keeping us apart. Under the heart of the matter, all you're gonna find out is it all that matters is the heart, and at the end of the day, love will find a way. Now we're gonna get anywhere, everybody's running the place. Now we're running all the chairs, chairs in front of the place.
gonna make angels in the snow dip my toes in the eternal fountain i'm gonna seek the truth and though i've told some lies gonna wear my heart on my sleeve for you to believe the honesty in my eyes Sex of Peter Class don't ever need. Love will find a way. Love will find a way. 